What is up team? Welcome back to the show. It is Q&A time. Let's get right into it. All right, first question we have. When a client just doesn't hit their protein goal week after week, even though they agreed the week before, what do you do? All right, so the mistake a lot of coaches make in this situation is basically just looking at it as, hey, you didn't hit your protein target, let's try harder this week, right? <laughs> Which is really not going to actually set the client up for success. So in a situation like this, and this doesn't have to apply to just hitting your protein target, this can apply to like hitting your calorie goal, not getting all your training sessions in, not getting enough sleep. And the examples can be one, but you get the idea. All right, so here, first and foremost, we need to focus on education. So the thing to understand, like our job as coaches isn't just to tell people what to do. It's not just to prescribe, right? Very much how we see, like within our coaching service, we very much approach this as a collaboration between the coach and the client. Because the reality is if all people needed was information and like, hey, we need you eating one gram of protein to get the goal that you wanted. People could literally just read blogs or listen to podcasts to give out these general prescriptions and get great results, right? But there's a reason people take so much value from one-on-one -on -one coaching like we provide. It's because we help tailor everything to the client's lifestyle and then work together to help them troubleshoot around problems. So first and foremost, we need to double down on education. In this case, I would explain like, hey, first of all, let's talk about why this is important, right? So, okay, your goal is fat loss but you also wanna add some lean muscle to your frame. Okay, so first of all, we know that protein is the building block of lean muscle. Right now, we're seeing your recovery is really a struggle, right? Now, getting more protein will really help that. And really, I would always try to tie this to the client's end result. So what this means like is if we can pump your protein intake up to these targets we're consistently trying to help you hit, you'll have better recovery, thus you'll have more definition at the end of this battle space. Secondly, protein is the most filling food. So we know that hunger's been pretty high for you lately. If we prioritize protein, this is really gonna help keep your hunger down and your life is gonna suck less on this diet. Next, protein has the highest thermic effect, meaning that protein burns more calories during digestion than any of the other foods. So by us actually prioritizing more protein, like right now you're eating a little bit more fat and we kinda wanna replace those calories, some of those calories with protein, you'll actually be burning more of the ca more calories and burning more calories every day, thus losing quicker than you are currently simply due to your eating more protein. Again, even though calories are the same. So first and foremost, like that's, I just wanna make sure you fully understand why I'm pushing you to do this so much. Does that make sense? And I would always, again, like, don't just prescribe, ask questions. Does that make sense? And you have the client to confirm, hey, yeah, okay, I got it. Like that, that does make complete sense to me. Okay, now from there, then it's your job as a coach to come up with a plan on what specifically is gonna happen differently this week. And again, a lot of coaches are good even about the education side of things, but then fail when it comes to, okay, so what specifically is gonna happen different this week, right? As you understand, going, expecting a different result when we're putting in the same actions is basically the definition of, an, definition of insanity. So we need to get very clear on, okay, from here, what specifically do you think we could change this week to get a different outcome than last week? So again, like if we wanna bump up protein by 20 to 30 grams, hey, from your perspective, first and foremost, like I'm gonna give you my insight, but I wanna hear your thoughts here first. What do you think you could do differently to get 20 to 30 grams, right? Or if you nothing comes to mind, just tell me like, where do you feel like is the biggest struggle here? What do you feel like is the hardest piece about hitting this target, right? Like before we just prescribe, 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 we have to ask questions. now. Sometimes when you're coaching, it can almost seem like, okay, well, my job should just be able to be to like dump all the information on them. 
right? Where again, like if that's all we're doing, we're not actually helping people. Really so much of coaching is asking questions so we can truly meet people where they're at, right? So we'll probably work things, work through things like, man, I'm just so, maybe I'm just like so full for the first two meals of the day and it's really hard for me to get in more protein or I just don't see where I could add more protein to my day as a whole, right? So then we can dig into really what we'll do in this situation is, hey, okay, let's work through your food blogs together. So literally with clients via video recording, we'll pop up their food blogs and we'll work through. Okay, so from what I see here, okay, so for breakfast, you're eating eggs. You're having four eggs. Okay, that's a great solid protein source. We also get quite a bit of fat there. So what if we did this? What if we pulled this down to two eggs and added in four egg whites here? Egg whites are exclusively protein. So we're actually gonna pull the fat back a little bit, which we discussed we wanted to do, but we're, we're gonna increase the overall protein, but basically that food can stay the same. Or hey, we could add some Greek yogurt here, or we could add a protein shake here. Or for lunch, okay, we see, and really like in a situation like this, I would always like identify in a client's food blogs, what's typically the meal that's lowest in protein, right? And you'll almost always be able to see a trend, it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. For most people, it's gonna be breakfast, so typically that's where we'll start because typically that's the lowest protein meal of the day. And I would really like put your focus on really like one meal where can we improve. Once we improve that, let's move on to if the target still isn't being hit, then okay, let's move on to the second lowest meal and improve that first. But I really like to make this manageable. I would start with just one meal. Okay. So how can we improve? Like, Hey, here's some good options. Here's some recipes you could try from your end. Which of these specifically sounds doable? Or do you feel like none of these options are doable? And they'll come back either A, hey, we need to keep looking for something, okay? And continue that process until you guys do identify something together that seems doable. Or like, hey, I think I can start adding those egg whites to my breakfast every morning. Okay, cool. Now, we need to get very specific. When are you gonna buy egg whites? Okay, I'm gonna buy egg whites on Sunday. And then when are you gonna prep your meals? Okay, I'm gonna prep my meals on Sunday as well. Okay, cool. I want you to send me a picture of those meals prepped. I wanna see like actually your eggs prepped for the week if you do prep your eggs for the week. Of course, this is just an example. But from there we've gone from, okay, cool. Yeah, let's just try harder for the protein this week to, okay. Now we've identified what the biggest roadblock is. We've helped the client understand why this is important. We've got them clear on what specific steps you are going to take differently this week to get a different result. That's the biggest piece. And again, that entire way, we're not just dumping information in, we're asking questions and assuring that the client is on the same page, right? And really like people want autonomy. So first and foremost, asking like, hey, what do you think you could do better here? Maybe you've already had some more conversations and they might say like, hey, I could add some egg whites to my breakfast, right? That'd be an easy way for me to get more protein or I could just add a protein shake alongside my breakfast. Okay, cool. Then like if it's their idea, that gets so much more buy-in than if it's just like, yeah, my coach just told me to do this, right? But if it comes from the client, they have more autonomy, which is one of the main things that everyone wants. And that's the more likely to follow through with it. But again, the biggest thing there is, okay, what is the specific plan? What are the exact steps that we're doing differently this week? And when exactly are they happening? So sometimes with clients, this comes down to again, like, hey, I'm gonna eat this food on this day, this food on this day, this food with lunch every day. And that's how I'm going to get X result that we've been chasing. Um, so hopefully that's helpful. All right, next question. Can you recommend any resources to read or listen to on getting blood work done? All right, so blood work is definitely a more confusing topic and you do for sure wanna make sure that like if you are trying to learn more about blood work or interpret your own blood work, you're working with someone that is very well versed in it. So for me personally, there aren't like 
books that stand out that have taught me about this. This is something we've invested heavily in. So actually we have like within our team, we have just invested in uh, Brandon DeCruz, who as a listener of the podcast, you're probably familiar with, to mentor us on all things functional health, right? And literally what he's done is take us through, okay, we're actually having clients get blood work. We're breaking that down together. Here's what we're seeing. Here's what we need to adjust. Hey, here's my feedback um, as your mentor. Similarly with our own blood work, right? So really, and really I think in all like more coaching scenarios like this, very similarly, like we get a lot of questions about Hey, your favorite, favorite books to learn about adjusting macros or building training programs. Honestly, the best way to learn anything like this is just being coached through it. And I would honestly say the best way to learn is like start with yourself, right? Like one of the first things that we've done with Brandon is, okay, we're getting our own blood work and then he's going to be helping us break that down. Right. And then from there, we're having clients do it. Um, and then we're breaking that down together. Right. And until eventually we're at the point where, Hey, we're a hundred percent okay to do this on our own. We feel very confident in it. But even like reading, if you like read blog, uh, the complete guide to breaking out blood work, and let's say that's a book or a blog, even then you're not going to feel super confident like, <laughs> with your own takeaways as you will from working hands-on with someone that has had a ton of experience in a similar realm. And I know like for us, that's one of our biggest goals over the last six months has been to get a deeper understanding of the functional health side of things. And this is still very much somewhere where we as a team are growing, but I can say that we've made tremendous improvements because the reality is like, as coaches, any coaches is listening, you understand this. Really, for most people, the science of body composition change is pretty simple, but there are those outlier clients where it's, hey, we're doing all the right things, but you're still not getting the results. And that's where the value of things like, okay, now we understand how we can break down your blood work. Now, okay, we can see like, hey, we have this issue and this issue. And while we're not doctors, we can probably make some smart recommendations that could solve those issues and then eventually improve your health and get you back to, or get you on track for the physique you want. But there might be underlying issues that aren't apparent right out of the gate that we need to resolve there. So long story short, what I would say is I would work with a coach that is very knowledgeable in this regard. Again, we've been learning a ton about this from Brandon DeCruz. Um, and really understand as well, like part of this is gonna be like getting an initial baseline of where things are at, making adjustments to your training protocols, your nutrition protocols, supplementation, lifestyle around that. And really I would like to start with lifestyle, nutrition, and training first and foremost, way before we focus on supplements by any means. Tracking things, tracking data across a period of time, reassessing blood work, and then adjusting from there. So it definitely is like a nuanced topic, but I would definitely just learn from a coach in this regard. All right, next question we have. Will you adjust calories if reducing lifting frequency by two days? Example, going from five days to three days. All right, so this is somewhat an it depends question based on if you are in a building phase or a fat loss phase. So for a client in a building phase, I very likely would pull calories back. The reality is like if we're going training five days a week to three days a week, Unless the duration of those three training sessions per week are going to be significantly longer than your five day per week sessions, the reality is there probably is just going to be less volume, aka number of hard sets across the week. We're going to be burning fewer calories in our training and we are going to need fewer calories to recover. Now, what I'll say is like either way, I would probably take the first week to two weeks, just keep calories the same. We will pull back on number of training days 
and just see how it impacted your rate of gain here, right? So typically in a situation like this, we're gonna to wanna to see about 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight gain per week, extrapolated across multiple weeks. So if we see, hey, rate of gain has suddenly increased a little bit with us pulling back on training. Okay, cool. We might need to pull back calories by about 100 to 150. And what I would say there is like even then going from five day training days to three, like the amount of calories that you're burning isn't going to reduce by that much and also like understand if it's a case of like hey i was really struggling to recover training five days a week and that's why you're reducing to three days a week um it could very well be okay well now that i'm recovering better i have more energy so i'm doing more fidgeting pacing blinking through the rest of the day so actually i'm burning the same or more calories so like regardless what i would say is i would hold off for one to two weeks before making any adjustments and honestly i would say a very similar thing in a fat loss phase so we could look at this as like Okay, I'm in a fat loss phase. I'm going from five training days to three training days. Should I reduce my calorie intake further to continue to push along fat loss because I know I'm going to be burning fewer calories through training? And then once again, what I would say is like, okay, well, if recovery is better, you have more energy throughout the day because you're burning fewer calories. And again, you're less under-recovered from the way you're training now. You very well could be doing more facing, fidgeting, blinking throughout the rest of the day and actually be burning more calories. And again, we don't want to push any push calories any lower than they're needed. Um, so in a situation like this, again, I would hold off for at least a week. I would probably be a little bit more aggressive in this case. But once again, what I would say is it probably, especially in, if you're in a case where you're under-recovered, it will probably be a net neutral and you'll probably see about the same rate of loss. But if that does seem to be slowing a bit, I would get a little bit more aggressive and I would be a little bit more aggressive making an adjustment here in a fat loss phase versus in a building phase. But the reality is again, like it's just not going to be that much of a difference in the calories you burn. So definitely like give it one to two weeks. People think like, oh my gosh, I'm going from five training days to three training days. That's such a huge difference. And I, like we see this all the time with clients where a lot of the women we coach have been doing something like orange theory, like five to six days a week, right? And when we start coaching, we drop it to three days. It's like, what? No cardio? I'm only doing steps and training three days a week. But when we focus on teaching you how to fuel your body, um, increasing your metabolism through simple things like hitting your step goal, getting adequate protein, actually what happens is, okay, we're consistently burning more calories through the day. So actually we can also lose more while eating a bit more food, right? Um, and there has been a decent amount of research that seems to show that like sometimes in a fat loss phase, it can actually be detrimental to absolutely smash yourself in a training session. Because oftentimes what will happen is like, okay, I wrecked myself in that session. I'm smoked. I'm just going to go lay on the couch. Now you definitely need to be working hard in your training, but it's just important to understand that like feeling smashed isn't a sign of a good workout, right? Because then it's, oh my gosh, I'm so gassed. I don't want to move the rest of the day. And then actually across the rest of the day, we're burning a lot less calories. So again, it kind of it comes out to be a net neutral or even a negative versus if we were just following a smart science-based way of training like our clients do. Um, and again, your workouts should feel hard, but you shouldn't always feel absolutely crushed and you should have energy through the rest of the day, right? So we're still consistently moving and burning calories through the rest of the day. Um, so that's my take on that. All right, any books you recommend about nutrition and fitness? What I would say here, a couple favorites of mine are gonna be the Muscle and Strength Pyramids, both the Nutrition and the Training Editions um, by Eric Holmes, Andrea Valdez, Andy Morgan, and basically the 3DMJ team. The Fat Loss Forever book by Elaine Norton, 
Bodybuilding by Cliff Wilson and the women's book by Lyle McDonald. But honestly, what I'll say here again is I didn't really know how to coach people through nutrition specifically until I had actually worked with my own coaches. Seeing the actual, like it's one thing to know the science, but seeing the actual art of reading biofeedback, of looking at somebody's training program and knowing when we need to pull back on volume or add more volume or add more intensity, basing on biofeedback or based on biofeedback when we need to, to take diet breaks, when are we in a good position to push harder? When is it the case of like, hey, everything seems to be pretty similar, but hey, actually, this is what we're seeing in your measurements. This is what we're seeing in your training and your progress pictures. Okay, this is why we're not making an adjustment, right? Like, there's so much about the art of coaching that you don't learn unless you've been coached. So honestly, what I would say is if you want to be able to master training and nutrition and you've never invested in a coach yourself, what are you doing, right? Like, it's You are basically making a process that you could speed up tremendously by just working with someone who is more knowledgeable than you that you want to learn from. You could either be like the coach or have the knowledge of training and nutrition if you're just coaching yourself that you want. And you could get that in six months to a year, or you could expand this out years and years and years of guessing and just reading random books and blogs and hoping that you actually understand how to apply this. So again, like what I would say here for me personally is by far, I have learned so much more about this from all the coaches that I've worked with versus like any books I've read or courses that I've taken. Next question, is it okay to reduce training volume or even training days in a fat loss phase for better recovery? All right, so you absolutely can. Um, volume is something that we do want to be careful of in a fat loss phase. So first and foremost, it's important to realize that like in the short term, it doesn't actually take that much volume, AKA number of hard sets done to maintain muscle growth. Really it's thought that it is less than a third of the overall volume that it actually takes you to grow. Now from there, that said, like, I think as a whole, people can get pretty carried away with volume where they were doing like five, six sets. And honestly, what I'll say is like within our training, we put a big focus on teaching people how to get more out of less. So many people either due to the effort that they're putting into their training or the execution of the movements, like typically one of those two pieces of mixing this or is missing. This is why we're big sticklers about getting form videos from our clients. Because first we want to make sure you're actually executing the movement in a manner that is conducive to building lean muscle, which most people aren't. Secondly, we want to make sure you're actually pushing close enough to failure to stimulate more muscle growth, which again, most people that are doing like five, six sets of movements and aren't seeing results, they just aren't doing this. So within that, like once we master these things, the reality of the clients we coach is volume is never too terribly high. Like think, and this is a very generalized number, but in general, we're probably going to be somewhere between three and four sets on most every movement. And for most people, that's more than enough to get the results that we want. So the thing is like, when we're going into a fat loss phase, we're not gonna go from like four sets of a movement to one set of a movement, for example. Um, really, like this is less of an issue because we're smarter about the way that, like we're smarter about what you're getting out of every set that you're doing. So really our approach here, that said, like we do still need to make sure that we're matching, but basically to answer the question, like we don't pull back volume dramatically in a fat loss phase within our coaching service, because I will say like relatively 
volume is never super high for clients where we're getting up to like six plus sets. Um, really what we typically do is switch the stimulus based on what you are doing nutritionally. So one important concept that a lot of people fail to take into account, basically people think like, hey, we're always gonna train this one specific way and we're either dieting for fat loss or we are increasing calories, right? Very much like we try to make sure that in a building phase, really like with the number one goal being to build muscle, what we're doing nutritionally should match what you're doing with your training, right? So for example, if we know, okay, this client right now needs a hypertrophy phase. Okay, cool. We're probably going to ramp up your carbohydrate intake because if we don't have adequate carbs here, we know you're gonna be burning a lot more carbs here, but if we don't have adequate carbs here, you're probably gonna see a lot more inflammation. You're really gonna struggle to perform the way you want. You're gonna struggle with recovery. On the flip side, hey, maybe we're in a building phase, but you need to enter a neural phase where we are gonna be focused more on intensity than pushing the amount of volume and to an extent the mechanical tension that you're experiencing. Okay, cool. We might not need as many carbs here. We might be able to need to actually pull overall calories back a little bit. So there we're matching the nutrition to the training. On the flip side, in a fat loss phase, I typically think it makes more sense to match the training to the nutrition. So again, like in a building phase, I would typically say nutrition follows training. In a fat loss phase, training follows nutrition, right? So the reality is, especially like when we have a hard, and this, this is kind of dependent. So a lot of our clients, for example, get ready for photo shoots. So this is a case where, okay, we have a hard deadline. We need to achieve X amount of fat loss by this point, and we are gonna adjust nutrition as needed every week or even within the weeks to make sure that we achieve that goal. So when we're getting to the place where like, for example, okay, carbs are super, are getting super low. And this is just the reality of what we have to do to continue to see fat loss. Um, okay, we're probably gonna enter a neurological phase at this point. That is gonna be less glycolytic. Basically, it's gonna be less demanding of carbohydrates. So we're actually gonna be able to recover a little bit better and continue to see more progress within your strength and still be able to maintain all your lean muscle, but it's gonna be less taxing than it would be if we were like pushing you through an intense mechanical tension hypertrophy phase, for example. Um, so like for fat loss with a specific deadline, that's typically how we'll approach it. And then a body recomposition, like if the goal is to lose fat and build muscle and we're taking a more conservative approach as far as fat loss goes, I would again say we'll probably lean more towards, hey, we want, nutrition to follow training. We still do want to see you like getting leaner over time, but also rather than like, like for example, a client getting ready for the photo shoot. The reality is like those last few months, we're basically just focusing on maintaining lean muscle. If we do see you build, great, but we're probably gonna have to be pretty aggressive, right? Whereas in a recomp, we're okay with this being a little bit slower fat loss. We wanna make sure you're still making solid gains throughout this. So there we're much more focused again on typically, unless it's a hard fat loss lean, there's so many different, uh, there's so many different nuances of this, but typically we would probably have nutrition follow training there more once again. Um, next question. When a client starts to have wins and then let's lose because of wins, self-sabotage. All right, so <laughs> this is really honestly pretty common. I've seen this happen so much in the past. So this is actually something that I'm always very intentional about being proactive with as far as clients go. And I know everybody on our team does a good job of this. Um, usually, so like when I see a client and this is very common for fat loss clients specifically, like when I see a client have a great week where it's, you nailed everything, we crush it, 
we saw you have the exact rate of loss that we wanted. Okay, typically, how we'll, how we'll approach this is, okay, you crushed it this week. Like we did this thing, this thing, this thing, so well. Now, the biggest thing that I want you to realize here is this is the easiest time to get complacent. Now, I'm not worried about you doing this, but I just wanna make sure you understand. Like after a week of success like this, it's so easy to tell yourself, okay, well, I crushed it last week. I deserve to take my foot off, off, off the gas. I deserve to take it a little bit easier on myself and realize that as soon as you stop doing the things that you did last week that led you to be so successful, that's when we stop making progress, right? And again, this is a very, very easy trap for people to fall into, but I really think it just comes down to you as a coach being proactive. So I'll typically ask, okay, so from your perspective, what do you think are the biggest potential obstacles that could stop you from making this week as good as last week, right? So one, we're making sure we frame the mindset of, okay, we need to repeat the same effort from last week to this week to get the same result, right? If you take your foot up off the gas, results are gonna slow. Next, we're working through anything that could possibly throw them off to make sure that they're ready for that. And really like, if you're just proactive about it like this, it basically becomes a non-issue. All right, team. And that is all the questions we have for today. Now, the reality is we are almost to the end of the year. 2022 is about to start. Now, if you didn't achieve the results that you wanted in 2021, don't let this year be another year of the same. It is truly so crazy how easy it is to get caught up in the cycle of doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result and literally suddenly waking up one day and realizing, okay, it's been three years that I've been doing the same shit, just hoping for a different result. And it's never worked out like that. So if that's you, if you're ready to finally build your best body in 2022, click the link in the show notes to apply for coaching with our team. Basically what we'll do from there is we'll hop on a call, no strings attached. Worst case, we'll talk you through our recommendations for how to approach your physique transformation. But if we do both feel like we're a good fit to work together, then we'll get you started with our team in time for the new year. So that is what I have for y'all for today. As always, thank you for tuning in.